at second, two out, Palmero over the head of Jinks, Uribe charges throws, out, and the White Sox have won the World Series. This is going to be a tough play, play it, the Cubs win the World Series, Bryant makes the play, it's over, and the Cubs have finally won it all, 8-7 and 10. Welcome to the 4D Experience, Deep Dives with Dan and Drew. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed the brand new intro that we just got going this week. Uh, we've uploaded a couple of them, so you'll notice uh, as the sports and seasons change, we'll have some different intros ready to go for you. They're a lot of fun, so we hope you enjoyed this one for today. Yeah, this one's the, the Cubs Sox one. We've got one for all the Chicago sports teams because we do actually are fortunate enough to live in a city that has had... Uh, every sport uh, get a championship in this town. Sometimes they're a little bit farther in between than we would like. Um, but uh, yeah, so so keep keep on that, uh, you know. But uh, this was kind of a labor of love, but it was really fun to put this together. Um, and just listening to the audio again just kind of gets gets the blood going. So we hope that that's what you what you got out of it, and and enjoy our new intro. And you'll hear something special at, at the end of the episode too. Yeah. So as the intro kind of alludes to, we're going to start with the Cubs and the Sox. The Cubs are, uh, don't call it a comeback, because it's not. It's not a comeback. No, it's, it's not, not a comeback. It's not an actual comeback. But it is nice to see them win some games and have some players step it, up. It, it's, and it's fun. I think, well. I, I think I heard it referred to, you know, I mean, we're the 4D experience. You can almost refer to this as the 4A experience, because it's all the guys who were, like, probably better than AAA, but weren't necessarily talented enough to make the regular major league roster when all like the regular talent was here. So you kind of labeled them like four a players, um, but they're actually having some fun. They got no pressure on them and, and they're winning some ball games, which is, which is good to see. And seven straight, seven straight. I mean, you can't argue with that, but not I mean, the best competition in the world. No. But, and, but and, and let's not mince anything. Yes. I think, you know, you're probably going to tell me that they're only 10 and a half games out of the, the wild and, and a wild card spot. And that the is, Reds are plummeting. And that is true. They are 10 and a half games out of the wild card spot. There's not enough games. There's not. Um, every got to leap a and lot they, of and there's teams. too many teams. So, so let's just enjoy it for what it is. Happy, fun September baseball, which doesn't necessarily suck as bad as what it did right after they broke up the team. Because you have to remember how bad it was there. You know, you're never as bad as that. You're never as good as this. And this is the time where you might find some diamonds in the rough. Ortega might be a, a piece to your future. Wisdom might be a piece to your future. Wisdom might uh, steal the rookie of the year. I mean, he's got 20. Outside shot. Outside shot. He's but got, yeah, he's got numbers that, he's that got rival numbers. that. So, again, they've beaten the Twins, the Pirates, and, and now they took the first game of this Red series. So, it is what it is. But, hey, they're winning baseball games. So They're actually only like 11 games under 500 again. <laughs> it's also kind of just – it's just strange. Which really, if you put it into the, 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 whole, season. The, the whole span of the season, if you cut out that middle section where they, like, lost a bunch in a row, they're competitive. Like if you just take that one after well, that, well, they no also hitter. have to have not really great start, and yeah, I mean they've been okay. Like I said, I'm I'm glad to see it. Like I said, it's it's pressure free baseball. Enjoy it for what it is. I don't know how much of this means. Maybe like you said, maybe they find a player or two that they might want to keep. But beyond that, well, you know it's rough when you're watching a telecast. Like I watched a little bit of the Cubs game today, and I just happened to tune in as they were going over their AAA, AA, single A. 
you know when you're tuning into a major league baseball broadcast and they're discussing their single A affiliate guys that it's it's done. It, their season's over at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, the White Sox season not over. <laughs> uh, they keep uh, rolling. They they they're very inconsistent right now. Is is the problem? And I think what kind of concerns some people. Where they'll beat the Cubs thirteen to one, and then they'll lose to the Royals a couple days later, seven to two. Then beat them ten to seven. Then lose six to zero. It's like, can we even this out just a bit? And yeah, I mean that would that would be nice. I totally would agree with that. Um, when do the bats show up? When do the bats not show up? I think the Sunday game, the dude for Kansas City just pitched. I think the game of his life. Um, that breaking ball was not going to get hit. It didn't matter who was up there. He was just dancing that ball around. And sometimes that happens. You know, that's one out of 162. Uh, so I'm not going to be super concerned about it. But it does it, – it, it's kind of annoying when, like, there are games when the bullpen struggles and there's other games where the starters struggle. Now, what, what we suggested, I think, the last time we were together was, you know, put some of these guys and have them have some IL stints. Yes. That's happened. Um Lance Lynn is on the IL now. Uh, Lucas Giolito's gone to the IL. That so. one concerned me a little bit because that is not necessarily a put him on the IL for just a no, rest No, that, that was a bit more, I think, soft tissue, right? Uh, I believe it was, I don't know if it was a knee sprain. Yeah, it was a what knee they or something. It? Yeah. Like a little or no, it was sprain. a hamstring. And, and he hamstring. said, and he even had said that he was limited but was able to kind of run and he just wasn't pushing it. So, you know, if you have that type of an injury and it doesn't require, again, nothing that looks like it's going to require surgery, get these guys right, get them rested. Let's also remember this is uncharted territory where we went from a 60 game season last year to now we're back to full bore. How, um, uh, how much of the offensive inconsistencies do you put on Tim Anderson not being in the lineup? I think that's definitely part of it. That's the dude that sets your table. That's why I wanted them to get Adam Frazier from Pittsburgh so badly is so that Tim Anderson doesn't have to be leading off for us to be in good shape offensively. Well, yeah, I mean, I, that was a, that's a fair point. Um, I think the price just ended up being too high. I think so. Uh, for what they got, you know, they got the guy out of Cleveland who's actually worked pre- out pretty well. He's good. Um, yeah, he's not bad. You know, the only thing that annoys me is when he sometimes throws the ball into the dugout for some strange reason, but you know, that's all right. Well, one thing every at a time, but you know, at, at least in the bat, I think he's been okay. Yeah, so uh, if you're following us on Twitter at 4D Experience One, I kind of teased out that uh, the Cubs sweep of the Twins means an early exit for the White Sox, and I had explained that a little bit, and I'll briefly go by it as to why I tweeted that and, and why it's a possibility. But uh, I have some stats here with the White Sox against the other playoff teams. So versus Boston, they're two and two. They still have a series coming up, minus five run differential. Uh, against the Astros, they're two and five with a minus twelve. Versus Brewers, one and two with a minus nine. Yankees, one and five with a minus twelve. Rays, three and three with a minus ten. This adds up to they're nine and seventeen with a minus forty-eight run differential against five other playoff teams. Two of which was the series they actually and they would totally admit to it. They got spanked in Houston. Yep. And the Yankees in New York spanked them too. Agreed. Yes. So I think it's those two. Those were early in the year when they didn't have and they weren't necessarily at full strength. So yes, we've seen stretches against better teams where they have played. They've struggled to kind of come up to that level. Um, 
like I said, the last the 14 game stretch with teams that were all going to be that they were going to see later, they went seven and seven. That's not great. It's not bad. To their credit, they've taken advantage of the teams that they need to take. Yeah. Oh no, they've they've destroyed the bottom feeders. They've seven and zero against the Orioles with plus twenty nine runs. Yeah. Oh, they put a hurting on, on like the you know the Cubs and the Ranger, the Twins. They have blasted the Twins thirteen and six with a plus fifty two. So against the bottom five teams, they're thirty five and seventeen with a plus ninety two run differential. So you can beat it up. You can beat those teams up. Get a great record. Get in place. The problem is they're not going to be good enough. They're about seven games behind the Rays for the or the Astros or whoever's in first place. But they're seven games out of the first place in the AL for home field advantage. Their home road splits we've talked about in the past not in their favor. And, and now you don't have great records against some of the teams that you might be facing, whoever it might be. True. Um, alarming. Uh, to say the least. It's, it's concerning. I don't know that I would put alarming. I'm not ringing alarm bells and going, oh my God. Now what I am worried about is a one and done. Um, I think it's going, your story of your White Sox playoff run or lack thereof is going to come down to that first series. If they get out of that first round, their heads will be right. I think that'll carry them through. I would be woe to the team that they face in the second round if they get there. The question is, are they going to be able to do it? Well, to their credit, they, as a division leader, they should have a home series at yeah, first. they will. That first series. That, so that will help That them. helps. That will certainly help them get in the right track. Uh, obviously, Keuchel's not going to be pitching. In no, playoffs. no. I don't think he's going to be pitching. Like we were you're, talking you're, about maybe as a, like a reliever or a spot. I don't I don't think you touch him in the playoffs. No, right I don't even think you, you you're maybe as a. Especially with Raylo right now, Ronaldo Lopez no, pitching the way I, I he's pitching. I don't think you, you necessarily need him. I think you go in with Lance Lynn. You follow it up with Lucas Giolito, who's actually won in the playoffs. Let's not forget that. Um, and then you Rodan know, and Cease. Yeah, Rodan, if he's healthy, that that would be pretty scary in, in Game Three. Uh, and Dylan Cease would be pretty damn scary in Game Four. So I'd roll with that um, as a playoff rotation in I that would, first round. And then come back with Lance Lynn in game five. I would have Giolito as a third. Well, okay. I mean, that. But I just flipped the order. Yeah, and I mean, that's fine. But that I mean, out. those are but your yeah. guys. Those are the guys that should be there. Yeah. Um, you know, granted, if, if you get that far. So you, you're going to hope that you ride your pitching and you hope that your offense, which now will have your boppers in it, really nice to have Grandal back in the lineup. He's really hitting. nice to have Louis Robert he back in the lineup. He should have gotten hurt back in April. <laughs> really nice to have. Uh, Eloy, when he's when he's right and he's good in the head. Oh, Eloy looks like a stud yes. of a player. Yes. Oh, so mercy. all of that and hit ball far, team go far in playoffs is the name of the game. I, I can't look at that roster and say that it 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 should hit. I can't tell you that it's going to because I mean, look at what happened to the Cubs. That lot ro- roster should have hit in the playoffs and just didn't. I will say this for the White Sox: like some people are frustrated with the bullpen right now because they have names that should be doing well and they aren't. I think it's a bullpen built for October, yeah. not built for now. Correct. I think when you get into it pitch by pitch, I think they'll be much better. And I still want them to flip Hendricks and Kimbrell's role. I, I would want, agree with that. I want Kimbrell to have the ninth. I think he's a different dude in the ninth. Um, Hendricks does not care. You can put him in, in the second inning and he will still do the, do his weird ritual and scream at himself in Australian or, or whatever he's see, whatever he's talking to himself and, and just be him. 
Kimbrell needs that ninth inning, that buildup, that intimidation factor, whatever. It's he, he's just not set up for that setup role. Um, so that's the one. Like a seventh inning with like two runners on, not what he's. The, the, the only one that I'm really now concerned about, believe it or not, is Kopech because, again, we're, we're having that same issue. I wonder if he's having that same issue that the starters are having just because this is the longest he's gone into a season. This is his first – everyone seems to want to forget. He hasn't pitched in two years. So you're going from nothing. Granted, it's bullpen work. It's not as stressful, but still. And, you know, this is, this is that time where it's, okay, what do you want to do now? Do you want to – rest him give him a couple weeks off because you can and then ramp him back up end of september or do you try to align this in a certain way well i think you want to get his confidence right i think it's much more mental other than physical i'm hoping it's more mental than physical if it's physical then you gotta you know sit him down i mean they don't have a terribly tough schedule no and that's just it you know you've got division is theirs they're not going to lose that divisional lead um, so we don't have to worry about that part of it. So, you know, get, use this time to get yourself right. Let some of the guys who come up in September do what they're supposed to do with your expanded roster and, and, and go with it. Yeah. I, I think it'll be very interesting to see how Tony LaRussa and cats and their, their staff and, and their athletic training staff, uh, try to set up the rest of this regular season and, and enter the postseason. Yep. It's one of those underrated things that flies under the radar until it crops up in an important time in October. And then everybody's like, Oh my goodness. They mismanaged <laughs> that terribly in early September. No, I, I, I don't think that, it doesn't sound to me like they are, you know, the fact that we've seen all most of the starting rotation now take that rest, I think is important and leverage what got you here. You got here with the big division lead, so leverage it. You might as well use it. It it does you no good to ride those arms and have them be dead. And three games in the playoffs, you're out because you're trying to make your 162 record look better. I mean, you're probably not going to catch the race. Let's let's just be realistic. Yeah. Um, They're not going to get home field throughout, so you might as well consolidate your position and line up your team. It seems as though that's what they're doing. Yeah. So... All right, uh, we'll take a short break, and then we'll be right back with uh, the Bears as they enter their first game of the season. Real football, baby. Come on back. All right, so we are back, and the Bears had some news ahead of their first game with the Rams. They officially cut down the rosters. Yep, yep, yep. Cut day. I think it was done on like a Tuesday or something. Early, usually, early in the week, yeah. Usually it's a Saturday, Sunday type thing. And, you know, you can kind of know and follow Twitter. Um, most people were working while this was happening. So, you know, it's it's the tradition. As Hard Knocks has shown us, um, the guy who, you know, the poor intern or the dude coming out of grad school, uh, who's the lowest man on the totem pole, has to call these athletes and say, bring your playbook. The coach wants to see you. And you get to watch players die inside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that happened. That happens across the league. There were some interesting names that the Bears uh, kind of cut loose, and we've kind of highlighted a couple of them. Uh, Daz, Daz, Daz yeah. Newsom. Yeah, they don't like their wide receivers. No, no they don't. <laughs> uh, Daz Newsom, who was a six-round pick this year, who everybody thought was probably going to make the team in some form or fashion and, and just didn't make it. That surprises me. And then the other one, Riley Ridley. That was the most surprising to me, and I believe you as well. Who, yeah, I mean, just a guy who could never get on the field. I don't understand if maybe he just didn't run the right routes the right way. 
um, why you kept seeing out they finally got rid of him, why you kept seeing Javon Wims over him was always a question I always w- would have. This like, is going to be our weekly, thank goodness, yes. cut Javon Wims. Yes. <laughs> um, we're still living in a universe where Javon Wims is no longer on the Bears. <laughs> it's the universe I want to be in. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, letting Ridley go, uh, obviously he's nowhere near the, the talent of his brother, um, but he certainly looked the part when you could see him on the field. So again, just surprising. Maybe means nothing. Maybe the guys they have there are fine. Um, but that was just a surprising. It's not like we have a ton of depth. No. At wide receivers. So why not? I mean, he's a fourth round pick from 2019. You figure you just give him a a real shot at some point. Right. But yeah, they must have seen something in him that they just did not like and let him loose. Yep. Uh, Ryan Null, uh, they kind of have done away with the fullback position now in football, but that's essentially what he played as a running back was, uh, kind of the heavy, uh, back that would just run right up the gut. And he, he was resigned and... to the practice squad. So yeah. let's, let's, you know, that was probably going to be the natural place for him anyway. He always breaks one big run in the preseason. It's what he does. So he's a decent special he's a, teamer. He's and... not a bad guy. And, 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 you know, he works his butt off. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's probably just not as much natural talent, but, you know, he's an effort guy. Um, like I said, I'm glad that he's still on the team in some form or another. And, uh, you know, it, I wish I could say I would want to see him back, but if he is back, it means that there's been some major injuries. So, yeah, I um, think let's run Montgomery as as much as possible yeah. and and hope he stays healthy. Yeah, I think that's a good key to winning, or at least not getting blown out. Uh, Thomas Graham Jr. Uh, was again another six round pick from this year that bit the dust. So, um, and then. Uh, player that you literally the last, the last time I asked, where what heck was he? Well, apparently he's cut. He, is where is he? His butt's been cut. Is where he is. Uh, Desmond Trufant, who you know was was signed as kind of supposed to be the heir apparent uh, and replacement, at least veteran presence wise, to Kyle Fuller, which now means my favorite bear, who I'm going to be watching all the time and saying uh-oh, his name as many uh-oh, times uh-oh. as possible. Cameron Vildor oh, yeah. will be your starting cornerback opposite uh, uh, um, Johnson. Uh, yeah, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, so there's your Desmond Trufant, uh, where in the world is. Uh, and then, well, at least I found out. At least I got my answer. Yep, yeah, there you go. Uh, now, this this one concerns me. It's not a cut, but uh, put on the pup list, which means you're out for the first, you're automatically out for the first six weeks of the season, is Tariq Cohen. And it bothers me. And I well, his injury was probably really bad. I mean, he, I think... Or he, he had some major setback that we just didn't know no, of. No, I think this is the timing. I mean, he didn't get hurt until week three or four of the season last year. So you are you were looking at a year recovery is what they said. And it makes total... This actually makes sense to me uh, that he's not coming back too early. So I, don't know. I do think his injury was pretty bad. It had to be worse than the ACL because an ACL would be six to eight months, especially with the resources that they have at the Chicago. I think Bears. it probably was worse than that. I it mean, had to be like I wonder if they got some meniscus in there that they had to fix previously and then do the ACL. Yeah, I, I think that's what you're looking at. Amalgamation of multiple issues that they only released the ACL. Right. Right. They only um, did the. It, the Bears only release what they have to release in the media? Shocking. But it, it's, yeah, it bothers me that we're almost a year out and he's not going to be back for a while still. So 
we hope the best for Tariq Cohen and we hope he comes back and is that dynamic player that he was. I am not, as a fan, I'm not looking for any sort of contribution until I get it. And then I'll be pleasantly surprised if we do. Well, I would also hope that they use him correctly because they well, were using him correctly yeah. the first time. No. Uh, having him run, but and I get that they're trying to like, okay, Tree Cohen's in the backfield. You're expecting a halfback screen or a yeah. You know, don't run him into the giant pile of people. You that can, makes he's the littlest guy on the field. There you makes can do no that sense. Once to keep the defense honest, yes, but don't continuously do it. And at the goal line, even less. That's not yeah, that's it. that's not your big beefy people. There's what goes in at the goal line. You know, I'd rather them. I'd rather them actually hand the ball off to like Cole Komet at the goal line than Tariq Cohen. I can't believe I'm making the segue. But speaking of big beefy people, we got Aaron Donald coming up in the first week uh, with the Rams. So let's hope. I'm not as worried about him. Oh, now, he can he can take over a game and be a thing. We also have seen backup Bears linemen actually manage to contain him in the last game. It's it's the rest of the Rams that I think I'm a little more concerned about. Well, we have to double him and then maybe put a running back back there just to chip him potentially. And then Leonard Floyd sacks us three times. Well, right. <laughs> it, it could be that too. Uh, you know, the corners on in, in LA, I think, are pretty talented. Um, and it's going to be an Andy Dalton experience. <laughs> so, uh, e, ah, ooh. Um, now, now, granted, he doesn't have a big bar to do. All he has to do on his first play is not get sacked, put the ball in the air, have it get picked off, and go into the end zone for a touchdown. He's already he will be better than Mike Glennon if he manages just, just to do that. That is very true. So I I think you're going to get either feast or famine with Dalton. It's going to be a very good start, or it's going to be an atrocious start. Well, I, I don't feel like there's going to be a middle ground here. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see more of the same, where you're going to see the naggy offense not be really as it's supposed to be because it's got the wrong guy in there again. Um, it's going to be three drives. accurate three, quarterback, though. Here's, here's what I think you're going to see. You're going to see like three drives of frustration, and then they'll put it together, and they'll get a touchdown or two out of it. And then it, they'll go away from whatever they were doing. That got them the touchdown. So I, I, I want to have, like I said, I like Matt Nagy. I want to have faith in him until we see the actual transcendent talent. And and okay, we're not going to play Justin Fields. I, I'll swallow hard and accept it. Okay, we could have that debate until I don't know that I want to get red faced at the time that we're doing this recording tonight. Um, but. I just I just see frustration on the offensive side of the ball. It'll be interesting to see how long the wide receivers put up with it if things are not being executed. If 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 Dalton can execute and use his head and his experience to you know move the ball effectively and put up points, then those call, you know, the Justin Fields ramblings and rantings um will start to fade at least temporarily. Uh if it doesn't and, and it's going to look like I'm thinking it's going to look. Uh, pressure's going to get wrapped up on the coaching staff really quick. Well, it's not just, you know, for me, it's also the routes being run. Because when I went to camp, and I get it, it's an open camp. The Bears are not going to show anything. They're not going to show anything in preseason either. That's what they've – that's their philosophy. And I get that and I understand that. But I pray that we don't see screen, screen, slant, slant, Five yard in, five yard out, and that's 
it. Like nothing beyond oh, five yeah, like, yards. Like, like when Jim Miller's bubble Achilles screen, was, bubble was, was, was about to break before he, he ended his career and he came back for those couple stretches and the longest pass he threw was five yards. I don't want to see that. No. Dalton is a more accurate, whatever you think of Dalton, that's fine. He's proven in the league that he can put up numbers at a minimum. And he can throw. At a minimum, you got to run routes to at least get first downs. Stop uh, on third and eight. If you throw a three-yard route, I'm going to like want to scream at my television again. I want to see first play. First play, why not throw a go route? Just throw one, see if you can throw it in the neighborhood of a wide receiver. Shock everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to do something to take the, the cap off the defense because then all the, it becomes really, really simple. How would I defend the Bears? Really simple. I'd put eight in the box, and I would dare that quarterback right now to beat me. Until someone can prove that they can do that and take the top off, and whether that's – I don't think it's going to be to Allen Robinson because I don't think he's fast enough. Um, maybe Darnell Mooney. Maybe um, the, the slot guy that they, that they picked up in free agency, um, the burner guy that I'm forgetting his name, but um, yeah, if you can't do that, that's all you're going to see. And then that, and that enables then Aaron Donald to do what he does. And then be here's shot. what I don't want to see in the opening drive run from Montgomery, right into Aaron Donald for a one yard loss, a hook route to Cole Komet that only goes for two yards. Now you have <laughs> Andy Dalton third and nine. Right, right. <laughs> and that's not going to end well. Nope. Like let's, Try to put Andy Dalton in a position of success, which they, to Mitchell Trubisky's credit, they didn't do for him a whole lot. Nope, they did not. So eh, we'll see. We'll see. But something we just said and all that will actually happen. So we'll see. So, yeah, I mean, we'll actually see some real football. We'll we'll react to it. Uh, probably have a bit expanded, a bit of, uh, well, it'll, it'll be Sunday night. So depending on when we can actually get together to do our next recording, we will have probably kind of a, a post-game, post-mortem on the Bears' first experience of mm-hmm. the 2021 season. Uh, let's hope it's positive. Uh, we're going to transition to some international play um, outside of our little Chicago bubble. Uh, the NHL announced uh, really briefly that players will be allowed to compete in the Beijing Winter Olympics coming up. Which... Tentatively scheduled for February of 2022. Yes. If you had taken a look at the NHL schedule, you would notice that there was this break. that They already worked into it, which means that they were already talking with the IIHF. They have reached an agreement in order to do that. So I think we're not going to hopefully see, um, you know, we'll see some actual NHL talent over there, which will definitely help that uh, tournament wonderful hockey lot. yes it'll be brilliant beautiful hockey being played assuming that those olympics go off assuming we don't have assuming players and countries don't boycott don't, for one reason or the other whether it's covid or whether it's political issues correct. whatever there's a whole still a lot of question marks there but i know the players were quite upset when they weren't allowed to go last time uh ovechkin i think threatened to just he sit just out the season. Go. yeah he's like fine i'll just go to the khl and be done with there and, and come on over. Ultimately, so. he obviously backed off well, that. Right. Well, but money, money, money is amazing. Yes. yes, money is amazing thing. So, but they raised enough of a. Is there enough of a stink got raised to where they? I think everybody wanted to come together to do it. Yeah. Um, there is a provision if COVID becomes a problem that they can still opt out. Um, will you know all of that is subject to where we are in the various curves and surges and whatever. Uh, just another 
plug to go get vaccinated uh, if you haven't. And speaking of COVID affecting world competition, uh, we have started World Cup qualifying uh, for soccer in uh, the CONCACAF region, our North American region, North America, Central America, Europe, and Africa has all started their World Cup qualifying. Uh, the U.S. got off to a very slow start. with There was no Pulisic because of a COVID issue. Um, and they started 0-0 with El Salvador, just a very sluggish, slow game that they've had a great summer. Uh, although these players only had half of a good summer because it was a very different team in the Gold Cup than what won the Nations League. So, and many of them are not really used to the whole World Cup stage. So it was kind of a... a and it a, wasn't, a it wasn't in El Salvador, so... Yeah. You know, that's that's always tough. It's always harder to kind of um, go to another country. You had mentioned how much Canada had improved, and I think that was on display Sunday night. And they had a lot of their big guns back, yeah, uh, which they had the rest of the summer. So that is, you know, for what it's worth, might be even more encouraging that we tied with Canada. Discouraging that we tied with El Salvador. That's a game you need to win and get the three points from. Canada, I'm okay with tying 1-1, even though you were at home. Uh, I believe that was in Nashville or... Yeah, it was. It was in Nashville. Yeah. Recognize that stadium. I walked all the way around it. Yeah. So, you know, you like to win that one because it's at home, but uh, Pulisic did play in that one. Still no Zach Steffen. Uh, He had back spasms, I think, for that. No Gio Reyna because he had a hamstring injury. Now, McKinney's big news because he violated team COVID protocols. So he essentially was suspended for that game, and they said they were not going to lift it for Wednesday's game against Honduras. Uh, So they literally sent him back to Italy, back to uh, Juventus. No, it's not good. And McKinney's got a history of this because Juventus suspended him last year for doing the same thing, breaking their COVID protocols and having a party in Italy. Um, It's raising some questions about his professionalism. you, You can't fix stupid, so... I guess, you know, talent can't fix stupid. He needs to be there and he needs to play. And it's unfortunate that he can't seem to take this seriously enough. That's unfortunate. Um, and, you know, the U.S. gets the 1-0 one, uh, one lead but couldn't hold it. I think uh, like seven minutes later, Canada ends up tying it. Um, and now U.S. is fifth in qualifying <laughs> very quickly. They're tied for fifth. It's... Based I thought, on goal I thought, I thought the, the table I said I saw had them in fourth. Goal differential after Honduras finished their game oh, okay. puts them in fifth. They're tied. They're two points apiece. It's um, still early. I mean, how many more games early. do they have? They have at least like fourteen. Five, four. Oh, or something okay. like that. Because so it's they, not octagonal, and they play everybody twice. Okay, so so, so let's 14. not let's not freak out yet. No, oh no, they have plenty of time. Mexico looks like they're a cinch. Two games in, they have six points. They're looking great. Surprising no one. Everybody after Mexico is a toss-up. Panama looks very, very good. Canada obviously looks much improved. The U.S. should, should be there. We said this last time. Yes. Uh, Like, Costa Rica looks not what they used to be. Jamaica does not look like what they used to be. El Salvador is improved. So, so, okay. How many games do they have in this run of games? Because... I mean, oh, like I know, like Premier League players take like three or four days off between matches. So, how many matches do they have at this stretch? Uh, I think they're trying to get in a group of eight. They're trying to get in the first round of round robin. Okay, and then they'll have a 
break. Okay. And then another round robin. So, so when do we expect the first round robin to end for those who are interested? November, I believe. Okay, so this is going to go on for a couple of months. Because they're basically going to play like three games in a week. Yes. Okay, between... Now, is there a break after this week? I believe there is. Okay. Yes. Okay. So they, that, like, that they have a cluster makes, of games here. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it is a, it, that was a sharp turnaround, uh, having like a Friday night and a Sunday night. I mean, they, Thursday they, they, a, they played a game on Wednesday. They played a game on Sunday. Yeah. And now they're, playing, they're telling me they're playing another game on Wednesday. Wednesday and yeah. I was like, okay, I that's don't a, know that that makes sense. That's a but, quick turnaround. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of games for, you know, a, a sport where you're literally running around for an hour and a half and you're not stopping. So, yeah, and they had some roster turnover. So, I mean, obviously, they rested a lot of guys from the El Salvador game. Um, I believe they said Sergio Dest also has an ankle sprain from Canada. So he's going to miss the game against Honduras. That's not great because he's another one of our better players. So... U.S. is off to a rocky start. It's not super encouraging, is essentially what I'm saying. That's the bottom line. We would have liked to get off to a better start. I think, I think we're yellow. <laughs> we're at yellow alert. Yeah. If, if you, if, if, but, Some caution signs yes. early. Uh, I do believe, like you said, they have plenty of time to figure this out. I would hope on paper they will. But, hey, you never know. Um. We're going to follow up going from international to extraordinarily local and finish up with some local prep sports from the weekend. Um, Brother Rice did not play <laughs> this weekend. They got canceled on no, last minute. No, school that I think canceled on them in the last minute. I think they actually get credit for a win, like two to nothing. Something like that, yes. Yeah, so like, and they couldn't find a replacement opponent, so that's in the books. The only thing that hurts them is playoff points matters. Not that Brother Rice should have a problem with it, but you get less playoff points. You know? So if you have only five wins and another team has five wins but better playoff points, that's where it comes into play. But uh, Maris put a hurting on Richards, 45-7, to seven, shocking no one, even though Richards beat Nazareth last week. Uh, surprisingly. Well, Cinderella one week, it's really and tough And back ask. to reality the next. <laughs> really tough ask to do it again. Yeah. Um, that schedule just, when, when you told it to me last time, it's just brutal. It's tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah, this is brutal. Uh, Oak Lawn came up with a big win for them against Stag, uh, forty to twenty-one. That's awesome for Oak Lawn. That's a great win for them. Uh, Shepherd lost to Plainfield East, thirty-two twenty-one, starting their season off zero and two. Not great for Shepherd. Uh, and I think they have Lamont coming up next week, which would probably most likely send them to zero and three. So not not a great start for Shepherd. Evergreen Park picks up a massive win against Carver, 41 to nothing. Um, good for Evergreen Park, uh, who's been a little bit on the rise. I think this group of seniors is pretty talented. And then Eisenhower also got canceled on during the week, but they got canceled on Wednesday, not Friday. <laughs> so they actually had time to reschedule an opponent, and they found West Aurora. Um, and it was an exciting game. Uh, Eisenhower ends up winning on a last-second touchdown, 35-34. Uh, so uh, an exciting uh, environment for Eisenhower playing at a much larger, uh, much more football-centric high school. So it was a good opportunity for them. So they get off to a 2-0 start and uh, roll on. I believe they actually play Oaklawn Friday. So they get a little uh, local matchup there. 
So three weeks old already the high school season. Uh, yeah, weekend, it's almost so. a third of the way. And I, I like what high schools are doing now because obviously, as we've already mentioned, COVID is still a thing and the Delta variant is still a thing and numbers are rising. So a lot of these teams are actually having their senior nights in these first few weeks so that if things do go sideways and get canceled, at least they've honored their seniors and, you know, it's, it's a big ceremony for them. So, which I think that's a brilliant idea and, and good on you for that. I think Maris had their senior night against Richards. So, um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up the local prep sports scene. Uh, if you have any kind of uh, sports updates that you want us to kind of go over or talk about, hit us up at 4D experience one on Twitter, let us know. And we'll mention it on the podcast. And uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, big, obviously, first game of the NFL season will be huge. Um, you know, if, if you haven't locked in your fantasy team, get that in now uh, before the first game kicks off on Thursday. If you've watched any sort of NBC-affiliated network or stream or anything, you know that that game is the Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tom Brady Bowl all over the place. So check that out on Thursday. Uh, like we said, I don't know when we'll actually do our next recording, but I'm hoping that it'll be after the Bears game, which will air Sunday night. Uh, so we will come back with a postmortem on that and transition into Bears world, which is its own thing. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the, the new intro and outro. It, like I said, it's been a labor of love putting that together, but uh, we do that to uh, have your experience in the 4D experience be all that much better. So uh, for Dan, I'm Drew. Again, always, this is super fun doing this, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us on the 4D Experience. If you like what you heard, please click that subscribe button and your favorite podcasting app. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.